even now I can feel the temptation of sometimes it's the end of the night, I'm tired, I just want to sit down, I don't want to, you know, I, I did the tuck in, I did the good nights, I did all that, I took the night walk, I just want to sit down. And then, you know, I still want the story at the end of the night. And I tr- I'm so tempted to not do that at certain times because I just want to sit down and relax. I just want to not do it. I just want to sit down. But then I, I remember there's going to be a day when my kids aren't going to ask me to read them a story. And I'm going to think back to this moment, and I'm going to be like, oh, I should have done that. I would give anything to read my 8-year-old son a story or my 6-year-old daughter a story. Hi, and welcome everyone to the Rising Father Podcast. This is episode four. Today we're talking all about connecting with our kids and family. We'll talk athletics, board games, everyday activities you can do to grow in your connection with your kid. We only have so much time with our kids in our house. Those of you with kids who've moved on to college and passed that already know that that time flies. I know my kids are eight and six. I remember when my son was a couple weeks old thinking this moment is going to last forever. I remember laying on a back hill, holding my daughter in the grass and the sun, thinking, man, this is what heaven's like right now. And by that time, my son was already two. So the fact that they're eight and six is, oh my goodness, time is flying. And like I said, if you've got kids who are already in college, boy, do you know time flies. So I'm going to talk to you about everyday things we can do to grow in our connection with our kids and families. Because when it comes down to it, when it's our last dying breath, we're going to look back. We're not going to remember how much money we made. We're not going to remember, you know, all these materialistic things. We're going to remember being with our families, the love we felt, and the moments and memories we had together. So first off, let's talk about just connecting with our kids five easy ways. Number one, the easiest one that I do is just flat out taking a walk. If you do this with your family, you know how effective it is. You, you probably remember being a kid taking walks with your parents. I remember that was some one of my favorite things, just walking through the neighborhood with my dad and mom, late at night especially, and just talking about whatever happened that day. Back in the day, we had no cell phones, nothing like that. It was just you holding your parents' hand, telling stories of what happened at school, what happened with your friends, what happened in the woods, and that was just you in parent time. We try to do that with our kids every single night if the weather allows it. My daughter loves going on night walks, so we walk our neighborhood, we walk in a big loop. We always talk about her favorite colors, her favorite things, what she did that day at school, her favorite foods. We play Get to Know You, Lauren. My son loves doing it too. With him, things get a little more crazy. Um, he loves throwing balls down the hill and we have to go chase them. And for him, it turns more into a physical game. But taking walks is so special and important to our kids, and I think everyone's kids. So like I said, we like to go around our neighborhood, but we also like to go on hikes. If you live close to a park, we live super close to a park, utilize that. Sometimes I Google parks near me, and I'm always surprised what parks are so close to my house. There's always a brand new park popping up that our family can go to, that we can go on trails and walks. And I think that is one of the most important and easy and free things we could do with our families to grow closer with each other. Treasure the one-on-one time you have with a walk. Explore your neighborhood or head out into the woods. Develop positive habits of communication with this close one-on-one time. When you're there taking a walk, obviously leave all the screens, leave all that stuff at home. Just you and your family. 
you know, if you if you have a wife, bring your wife. Sometimes my, me and my daughter and my son, we go off alone. Sometimes my wife comes. There's different dynamics with each member of the family. If I'm walking with just my wife, it's one dynamic. If it's just my son, it's another dynamic. If it's just my daughter, that's a whole different thing. If I have two of them, if I have three of them, each of those combinations are different. You talk about different things between who you have. My daughter especially, she loves going off just me and her alone because she feels like whenever everyone's there, sometimes she gets talked over and she can't say what she really feels like. But whenever it's just me and her, she just really pours out her day and talks about the things that are important to her. And she's going to remember that forever. I'm going to remember that forever. So taking walks, I can't emphasize enough, the easiest, the freest, one of the best things you can do to connect with your kids. Number two, board games. Super inexpensive thing you can do. We love playing this game where you balance little metal pins on each other and you try to hold it up. It's a balance game. We love Jenga. We tried to do Monopoly. That doesn't work out too, too well. We play a game, uh, you know, Go Fish. We play Memory, which is one of my least favorite games of all time. I hate Memory. I'm horrible at it. Um, I cannot, for the life of me, remember where two cards are. I can do a lot of other things pretty well, but I cannot remember the stupid Memory cards. And my son and daughter love making fun of me whenever we're playing. Whenever we're playing Memory and I'm messing up and my son has 10 matches and I've got one, he loves to rub it in. And I don't care, whatever. It's a good time. I'm just sitting there enjoying the enjoying the moment with all of us. So memory is another good game that we play. Um, all the classics like Candyland, like I said, Go Fish, um, Operation. There's a game called Bugs in the Kitchen that's really fun. Um, Solitaire Frenzy is a little intense for the kids, but that's a fun one. So playing board games, have fun. You're developing skills and you're connecting. There's also lots of great games for families that will keep your family engaged, laughing, and learning. Choose games that can grow with you and the family that can grow later in life. So you want to choose a game that your family can play today, can play five years from now, and can play whenever they're moved off on their own and they come with their own families. So it's just like hobbies and athletics and sports. It's something you can do to grow together. So choose games that grow with the family. Number three, exercise. This one's becoming huge in our family. It wasn't always a family thing when our kids were super young. For that, the biggest family thing was my kids getting on my back and me doing push-ups or me throwing them around the room. My son is like 75 pounds now. He still wants me to grab him by his feet, hold him up, and swing him around the room. And that's a little rough right now. And especially doing push-ups with him and my daughter, that's like 120 pounds on my back. And I'm not doing that anytime soon. But now my wife does CrossFit, my son does CrossFit, my daughter does CrossFit. Like I said, they're eight and six, and they all do it together. They're there right now. They're out doing exercises. There's a fun kids program, and then my wife does it, and they all watch her and watch the adult class. So that is their growing time. Okay, I have jujitsu. I do that with my son and daughter. So that's me and the kids' time where I grow in health with them. But my wife growing in health with both of those kids right now. Exercising as a family develops great positive habits that take them to the rest of their life. You know that not everyone is exercising, and you can see who's not exercising. And you can see the kids who aren't, who aren't exercising, and you never had those examples. Be the person that takes their kids out exercising. Because, you know, at some point, I think it's like whenever you're, the, the quote is, whenever you're 21, you own your own face, or 28, or whatever the age is. But until your kids get to that age, you're kind of responsible for their health. 
You can't. We can't always just say, well, they like chips, so I let them eat chips. They like M and M's, so they let them eat M and M's. They love eating candy. You know, we're kind of responsible for the health of our kids up to a certain point. Some kids throw tantrums and go crazy. I get that, but you know, if they see us exercising every single day, then they will want to exercise. They model what they see us doing. If they see us modeling great habits, they're going to want to be doing those great habits. So if they see their parents exercising and being intense about it and talking about it, it's a big topic of the family conversation, that's going to carry over to them, and they are going to want to exercise and be physically active and healthy. So if we do it, they're going to do it. And also it's just something, it's a fun way to connect. Whenever we go to the park, whenever we go... Um, to CrossFit or Jiu-Jitsu, we create these shared memories that all of us can talk about later. Number four, story time. So one of our favorite things to do, a little thing that I did, I'm not doing as much anymore because it's just so difficult, but my kids would demand that I make up a story on the spot, and they would name all these different characters, and I would have to create a story on the spot with their characters and a storyline that they said. And it's really just like a mental test for me. At the very end of the night, sometimes I just give up. But my kids love story time at the end of the night. Now what we're doing, since I want my son and daughter to get better at reading, is we're paying them a quarter for every single book they read. So that's one of the best investments best investments I can make. A quarter for, for a book read, that's amazing. I can afford a couple hundred dollars a month to make sure that they're learning these reading habits for the rest of their life. So they read us stories, some of their favorite stories, we always read them stories. Even now, I can feel the temptation of sometimes it's the end of the night. I'm tired. I just want to sit down. I don't want to, you know, I, I did the tuck in. I did the good nights. I did all that. I took the night walk. I just want to sit down. And then, you know, I still want the story at the end of the night. And I tr I'm so tempted to not do that at certain times because I just want to sit down and relax. I just want to not do it. I just want to sit down. But then I... I remember there's going to be a day when my kids aren't going to ask me to read them a story. And I'm going to think back to this moment, and I'm going to be like, oh, I should have done that. I would give anything to read my 8-year-old son a story or my 6-year-old daughter a story. Because I can think back to when my kids were 0, 1, 2 years old, and I, right now I, you know, I think, man, I'd give anything to go back right now and hold my son when he was 2 um, lay on the hill with my daughter in the grass, you know, when she couldn't even talk and she just would lay on me. So even right now, I would give anything to go back to some of those moments. And these moments I'm making right now are so important and special that I know that five years from now, I'm going to be thinking, man, I'd go anything to go back in time to do that. So I will continue saying yes to reading stories to my kids because I know it's super important to them, super important to me. And on top of all that, there's just the mental and educational benefits to reading. So story time at the end of the time, great time for bonding, great time for growing. Um, one of the best ways you can connect with your kids. Number five, sports. It's a huge topic. I think I've talked about this on a pod, a last podcast. So we do jujitsu together. Tons of great lessons you can do with jujitsu. My son, last, um, last role, the last class the day ago, sorry. He was rolling with a kid who's 30 pounds heavier than him. So he's like 100 pounds. My son's age is like 70, 70. He's a thick boy. He was rolling with this kid. He got a knee to the face. His lips started bleeding mid-roll. He started crying as he's rolling, wrestling with this kid. I'm one of the kid's coaches, so he looks up at me. He's crying, hoping for compassion, hoping I can tell him to quit. 
I pat him on the back and I say, Nathan, come on, man, you're strong. Keep going, keep going. He, as he's crying, he looks at the kid, continues to roll, does well. By the end of it, he has a little tear, wipes the blood off. I, I give him a high five. And then later that night, my wife told me that he told him, he was bragging about how he had got a bloody lip and he's so strong. Dad was so proud of me. You know, now he, he's built into the strong kid. I can think of so many kids who that moment would crush them. But Nathan knows now that whenever he gets hurt like that, it's okay. He can keep going. You know, if he, obviously if it was a broken arm or something like that, we would have stopped. But he's got a little bloody lip. That happens. It's okay. We wipe it off. He's done. So he knows he can push through it. He can push through those obstacles. So there's a million other different stories about jujitsu you can do. Golf, we love to golf with my kids. That's one of those things that you can do forever with your son, with your daughter. My daughter told me, she said, this year, Dad, we're going golfing. we got to take a snack bag, and we have to take um, the golf cart. And I'm fine with that because I like both of those things. Maybe I'll even take some beer too. So I'll take all those things with me out on the golf course, and we'll golf together. Total, she'll probably swing 10 to 20 times. doesn't matter to me. The point isn't how good she is at golf. The point is that we're together having fun. So I don't care what happens. I'll just try to make sure she doesn't fall out of the golf cart because then no one will be happy about that. I did that with my son. He had the same demands. We had to go in a golf cart. We had to have a snack bag. And if I was out with my buddies, um, he had to sit by his, his fun uncle. And then on the way home, we had to go to a restaurant. And whatever. It's just a fun night. I love golf and I love going to restaurants. I love my friends. So it's a great time. Golf is one of those things. Basketball most inexpensive sport you can play. I played it my whole childhood. I love playing it. My son and daughter love playing it. Go to any court. Basketball is one of those things. Soccer, Nerf balls, all these things that we did as kids. Get your kids out there playing. Get them active. I got a ninja course for my kid. It hangs between two trees. Um, we have two big pine trees in our front yard on the side, and it's like a 50-foot zip line. Not really a zip line, like a, a tow rope that you would tie. So it ties really tight and then there's all these like ninja obstacles that hang down from it it wasn't that expensive it was like 120 dollars and we've used it for four years now every year i just raise it up a little higher on the tree you can attach swings to it there's um, nets you can climb up it's basically like a little ninja warrior course for kids but they have a blast it's great exercise amazing athleticism is built through it and we all have fun with it so we all have fun with it. We all have time to connect, tell stories, have little competitions, all those things. Just be creative. Go outside. We have a hill in our backyard. Um, we went up there yesterday. My, it was my son's idea. He grabbed two little plastic buckets and a ball, and he said, hey, Dad, go over there. He threw the ball up in the air, and we just started catching the ball in the bucket. It was like something we would have done in like the Depression. But I, was, I, was, I loved it. I was like, this is great. We can have fun just throwing a ball in a bucket, bucket ball with each other. My grandpa used to tell us stories of, you know, stick ball. They would just have these sticks, take grabbed sticks from the woods and just hit these dirty little balls around the street. So it's kind of like that moment for me. But we were just playing, and the other times I'll just take a soccer ball, kick it up the hill, roll it down, kick it up the hill, roll it down. Just simple things to where you're connecting. Try to always say yes. That's, the, that's something for all of us, but it's also something that I have to repeat to myself. Just keep on saying yes at the appropriate moments to your kids. You know, don't say yes to everything. That movie yesterday, you've probably seen. It's a little over the top. But if you're outside playing and your son's like, oh, Dad, can we play tag? Yes. Sure. Dad, can you push me on a swing for my daughter? Yes. Dad, can we blah, blah, blah? And for me, the holdback is, oh, but I really don't feel like doing that. You know, I'd rather just kind of sit here, push you on a swing. Or I'd rather play soccer. Or I'd rather do this. 
once again, the thought comes to my head, there's going to be a time where that doesn't happen. There's going to be a time where they don't ask you that. Just say yes. Play these games with them. When they're older, you know, you can go off on a week-long archery hunt and hunt elk, you know, in the mountains someday. That's what I hope to do with my kids once I get better at that kind of thing. But for now, he wants to kick a ball up a hill. He wants to play bucket ball. Sure. I'll meet him at his level, reach him at his level, and we'll have fun together. So those are five everyday great things you can do to connect with your kids um, right there. Here's the next thing, um, how to be present, how we can be present with our kids. And I did a post about this, so I'm going to kind of read some of those things and go through. This is super important, and I've got some really great points here for how to be present with our family. And it involves technology, involves the modern day we're in, the culture we're in right now. It can be hard to be present with our families and block out all the noise. If you had a really crappy day at work and you just can't wait to get home and see your wife, see your daughter and son, you don't want to go through all that crappy day at work, get home, and then still be thinking about your crappy day at work. You want to go home, see your son, hold him, and just only be thinking about him. You want to kiss your wife, only be thinking about her. You don't want to be going to bed thinking about what happened at work instead of what happened with your family that day. So we, it's really important to have develop the skill of being present with our family. So eye contact, super important for connecting with our kids. I can't tell you how many kids I see, I talk to, and they can't hold eye contact. They're always looking away. They can't do it. It's super important to the development of any child is physical affection and eye contact. It's being able to make that deeper connection. And if you got out of that habit, I remember there was like one year of my life where I noticed I wasn't looking people in the eyes. It was a, a few years ago. I just got into the habit for some reason. I don't know why, but I caught myself and fixed it. I remember talking to, I think it was my wife or a friend, and they made a comment about, oh, you're not, why are you looking at me in the eyes? I was like, what? And I was like, I'm known for this. I look people in the eyes. That's who I am. And then I just was really aware of it, and I fixed it right away because I don't, I don't want to be that guy who just always has you know, shifty eyes looking away. So I fixed it. I always didn't, done it my whole life. My dad taught me the importance of looking people in the eyes of a firm handshake, and I had like one year where I didn't do that, and I made sure I fixed it right away. So in terms of our families, it's so important looking each other in the eyes. I'll tell you about my, my son in a moment, but locking eyes with your wife, locking eyes with your daughter, locking eyes with your son, that's how you build connections. That's how you maintain the relationship how they know you're interested and present with them, not thinking about something else. The worst thing in the world is you're looking at someone, you're talking to them, and then they look down. That makes you feel so insignificant and not important. Don't be that person. So with my son, I remember being him being 10 seconds old and holding him in my arm you know, right after he was born and just locking eyes with him. It's one of the most important things you can do. As soon as, if you haven't had a kid yet, or you're pregnant, and it's going to happen soon, soon as the kid's born, you or the mom, just hold the kid immediately. Just boom, lock eyes. Get that set, because your baby has never made eye contact with anyone in their life. Boom, this is important. Boom, you're 
connecting on an emotional, spiritual level by locking eyes, by making eye contact. Physical affection. It's so important to be affectionate with your family, with your wife, with your kids. Pats on the back, hugs, little rubs, kisses, cuddles, all that. Not only does it make them feel good and strengthens your bond, it actually mentally, emotionally, and physically strengthens and helps them grow, especially when kids are really young. If you've got a baby, a toddler, physical affection, skin-to-skin contact actually helps their brain grow because it stimulates emotions, which affects their brain growth and makes them smarter. So more cuddles with your babies makes your babies smarter. It's a fact. It's science. There's studies about it. I can't quote them right now, but I have looked them up in the past and done posts about them. So you can actually increase your kids' intelligence by having more skin-to-skin contact and physical affection. Super important. Some things I do, always, you know, high fives, fist pounds, pats on the head, rubs on the shoulder. I wrestle with my kids all the time with my wife. I won't go into detail, but you know what I mean. So be physically affectionate with your family. That's another way you can be present. Um, Imagine your future self. So this is kind of an intense, deep one. But what I mean is, and I already talked about it a little bit, is imagine yourself 20 years from now. You're going to be looking back on this moment, wishing that you could relive this moment. So I talked about it with my kids. You know, reading a story when my kids are 8 and 6. When my son is 18, going off to college or whatever he does, I'm going to look back and say, man, I wish I could go in a time machine 10 years ago to this day right now and do that day over again, just so I could come home and my kid runs to me, says, Daddy, runs, hugs me, jumps up into my arms, and just doesn't want to let go. You know, I still, go, at, at night, he still goes to sleep and just wants me to lay in bed with him for the entire night. You know, he says, Dad, I want you to stay in here forever. When my son is 18 and going away to college, or maybe, say, gets a job somewhere, and he's 25 living across the country, I'd give anything to to come back to that moment. That's what I mean when I say imagine your future self. You'll be yearning for these moments that you have right now, so don't take them for granted. Our whole life is memories. Our life is the memories that we have right now. That's all we got. You know, whenever we're on our dying breath, we're going to look back and we're going to want to have those memories again. Lastly, think like a kid. What do you mean to your child? Family time is fun for adults, but it impacts a kid hugely. And from a kid's perspective, life is just different. I remember, I think it's in a Disney movie, Lady and the Tramp. There's a movie, there's a scene where the dog or a kid or someone is in a big room and he's just at knee level and all of the kids are, or all the adults are walking around, all the dads are in suits and there's like cigars and cigarettes and smoke everywhere. But, you know, you're from that kid's perspective. You're looking up, it's just noise. You don't understand anything that's happening. It's a completely different world. Everything is more magical to a kid, like Disney World. Like going, you know, to a kid, going to the park is like Disney World whenever they're younger. Going on a walk with you at night is magical. Okay, all these things, think like a kid. If your kid asks you to do something that you could easily do that's beneficial for them, it's way more important to them than it is to you, most likely. You know, think about how important it is to them. Try to think back to when you were a kid, when you asked your parents to do something and they said no, or how happy you were when they said yes. 
you can make that for your kid. You can make them that happy right now by just saying yes if it's beneficial for them. And if your kid asks if they can play with knives, don't say yes. If they say, hey, can I go play with that gunpowder? Don't say yes. But if they say, hey, can we go on a walk right now? And you're sitting on the couch, say yes. That's what I mean when I mean say yes. Say yes to the things that strengthen you. Say yes to the things that make you stronger, make you healthier, make you love each other more, make you a better dad, a better husband. Say yes to those things, the things that you can do. You know, find those moments in your day that you have available where you can say yes, that it's easy for you. It's like getting a free $100 bill. You know, it's strengthening your family without any real investment. It's a freebie. We get opportunities for freebies all day. Just take opportunity Take that opportunity when it comes. And lastly, I'm going to talk about how to talk with your child. I'm not the expert of the world, but I do think about it a lot, probably more than most people, and I write down what I'm going to talk about sometimes. I write down strategies for sure, and it's a skill I want to build. I want to build my skill of communication. I practice it. You know, I want to be better at communicating with my family, with my kids, with strangers, with everyone. So... Building that skill with my children helps me, helps them, and it helps us grow together. So here's five strategies for talking with your kids. Number one, ask specific questions. If you say, how was your day, you're going to get a good. You know, I remember, I remember that. I remember being in the back of our family station wagon with exhaust fumes pumping into my face. And my parents saying, oh, what would you, what'd you guys do today? Nothing. How was your day? Good. And that was the end of it. Nothing else to talk about. Ask specific questions. What did you eat for lunch? Uh, burger. Did you put cheese on it? And I'm serious. Yeah. Who did you play with at recess? Mm, Frank. What did you guys talk about? Blah, blah, blah. Did you make any new friends today? Okay. Why is The Rock your favorite WWE character? To my son. To my daughter. What was your favorite move in ballet? So be specific with your questions and you'll get specific answers. If you're vague with your questions, you're going to get vague answers. That's tip number one. Be specific. Number two, ask questions about something they are interested in. Like I said, why is The Rock your favorite WWE character? What drill did you love to do at basketball practice? What was your favorite move at ballet? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? Who's your favorite friend? Who's your favorite teacher? What's your favorite subject? Things they are interested in, they'll give you an answer. That'll spur you to remember your uh, stories from your childhood, and then you'll have something to talk about. It's important. Write these things down. Create shared memories. This is the most important and simple one, but everyone can do it. It's just so obvious, and we talked about that already today. So do things together, and then you'll have things to talk about. If you create shared memories together, you'll have stuff to talk about together. It's that simple. I do jujitsu with my kids. We talk about jujitsu. We occasionally do archery. We talk about that. We will go to a movie together. We'll talk about that. You have to do things together so you have things to talk about. That is a, a relationship killer, not just for kids, but for wives, girlfriends, anyone. If you when the talking starts to die down, that's when the relationship starts to die down. And it can happen. Like I said before, whenever you're, you know, say you're obsessed with self-improvement and that's just all you think about and you're, you really want to get ahead and you're hustling and grinding and you just become kind of self-obsessed, a lot of your other relationships can go to the side. It happens. Give yourself a break. It can't happen. It's happened to me. And 
you just really want to focus on yourself. Your other relationships can go to the side and you can just kind of stop talking to other people about things because you're just in your head the whole time. Yeah, be aware of it. Be aware that it's happening and fix it. Because no matter how great you make yourself, you're, at the end of your life, you're still only going to really care about the relationships you had. That's what it comes down to. So maintain those relationships. Be aware of when you're slipping and don't let yourself slip. Okay, see the slip and nip it in the bud right away. Number four, eye contact. I talked about that a lot. Make 10 eye contacts, one of the most important things you can do. Number five, lastly, write ideas down. This is so important. Do not think that this is stupid, foolish, juvenile to do. If, if communicating with your family is important, if growing in your relationships is important, then don't be above writing things down. One of my best things I do is journaling, and I do that on my phone. I'll do that on a notepad. I'm still on the hunt for a great journal. But writing ideas down throughout my day is so beneficial. And if I think, hey, I want to talk to my daughter about this. Hey, I want to talk to my wife about this. I write it down because at the end of the day, I forget it. When you're tired, hungry, you've got all these physical things happening to you, you just kind of forget what else is happening and focus on what's right in front of you. You don't think about, oh, yeah, at 10.23 a.m., I wanted to talk to my son about blah, blah, blah. You don't think about it. So write it down. It is that important. All right, guys, a little shorter today, but that's okay. Super important talking about parenting and connecting with our kids. So a lot of amazing stuff coming up in the next few episodes. I'm going to have some guests on, some experts in different fields to talk to us and help us rise in health, wealth, and family. Thank you so much for... Um, coming along with me. By now, by the time this one comes out, the podcast should be available on Spotify, Google, Podbean, Pod, you know, Stitcher, every single other one. I learned like 30 different podcast platforms this past week. So hopefully by then, they're all, they should be, it should be on everything. So hopefully you guys can listen. Please subscribe. Please share it. Please leave a review. Everything that I've ever heard anyone ever say at the end of a podcast, please do that. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe. Please send it to people so we can grow this and help spread this message to everyone. Thank you so much, everyone, and we'll see you next week.